Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Hello everyone and welcome once again to our online platform. Today is a wonderful opportunity for us once again to fellowship around the Word of God as we come together in this way. It's really uh, been a wonderful time in the services. As you know, we have had opportunity to meet in numbers of 50, keeping all the various uh, regulations, but we've been having our services at 8.30 as well as at 10.30. And then also in the evening service, amazing time in worship and in the Word of God. But for those of you who aren't able to make it, this is obviously the way in which we are engaging. And we, we believe that God is able to touch lives even in this way. And um, I want to just encourage us with regards to some of the announcements that came up earlier on. Firstly, that we are reminded that Monday is our day of fasting and prayer. So please join us uh, tomorrow in fasting and prayer and make it a priority in your life. We are in times where prayer is supposed to be sort of the cornerstone of every family and every life. And then also with regards to Victory Weekend, exciting time as we come into Victory Weekend, a time where the Word of God is able to sort of search throughout our lives and find places where, where there's still sort of bondages and places where the enemy is holding us back and Victory Weekend is going to be an opportunity where God is going to set many people free. We're looking forward to those testimonies and please make sure that uh, you've gone through the, the segments of the one-to-one, uh, the first four chapters as well as pick up your, your booklet and material from the office during the week so that you're ready for Victory on the weekend. I also just want to remind us in this time of COVID-19 that, you know, we are not to be a people who are fearful. We are to be wise as serpents, gentle as doves, but we are also not to invite any kind of panic into our hearts. I want to encourage you, regardless of what's happening around us, remain in the Word of God, remain plugged into the Spirit of God, and you should be okay. Uh, today, we are going to, before the message, pray for the nations. As a church, we're a church that believes in God's heart for the nations. And Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer for the nations. And this is something that we do once a month. It's going to take place live in the services. But we also wanted to make sure that at home, we're bringing to you this opportunity for us to pray for the nations. The nation that we're praying for today is the nation of Myanmar, formerly known as Burma. And uh, more recently, uh, there have been quite uh, uh, some instability in that nation. There was a military coup that took place on the 1st of February uh, this year. And so um, there's quite a lot of upheaval and turmoil besides what's been happening over the past couple of years already in terms of the instability in that nation. It's got a population of about 54 million and the main religion is Buddhism over there. We have two every nation churches in that nation actually. And it's surrounded by the nations of India and China, Laos and, and Thailand as well. And uh, we're going to take some time just to pray for this nation. These are the, the topics that we'll be praying for. Let's pray for spiritual hunger to erupt in that nation, even as they're in this place of turmoil, that they will have a hunger for the gospel and that there will be an openness to the gospel, even though it's a, it's a nation of Buddhism, uh, that the gospel will find its root in that nation. 
and then that there will be a strengthening of the believers and courage in the believers as well as the wisdom to share the gospel and the boldness to share the gospel and then also let's pray for our every nation churches there that they will be protected that there will be creativity and wisdom over their evangelism that they will have fruitfulness in their discipleship as well and that the kingdom of god will be advancing in that nation despite everything amen so let's take some time right now wherever you are just quiet yourself let's take some time to pray over this nation so heavenly father we thank you lord for the nation of myanmar we thank you lord that this nation is on your heart lord that uh, the nations are the inheritance of Jesus and father i thank you that from every nation every tribe every ethnos lord you desire salvation to spread throughout lord and we pray today father god concerning the political instability in this nation we pray let your kingdom come let your will be done in this nation lord we pray that there will be a spiritual hunger for 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 the gospel in this nation and we pray that the gospel will have root in this nation there will be an openness for the gospel in this nation father we also pray for the believers in this nation we ask in the name of jesus that you will give them the inspiration that they need father god to be bold for the sake of christ and to be creative in their evangelism lord that you will give them the grace to be able to be bringers of hope father god even in this time in this nation we also pray for our every nation churches that are in this nation father god we ask for divine protection we pray for divine favor we pray that they will become safe havens for multitudes of people who are coming to ask questions about hope and salvation in jesus christ despite the buddhism that is around lord there is only one true god there is only one name for salvation I pray that name that that name will ring throughout the nation Lord God as as we are trusting you Lord for a move of God in this nation let your let your kingdom come in Myanmar let your will be done Lord God let it start with the churches let it start with the believers let them have the grace Lord in this time to go out boldly to share the gospel and see salvation in this time so that your kingdom can be established father we pray for this and we pray that throughout this week you'll continue to remind us of this nation of Myanmar Lord as we pray for them that will keep them in our hearts in our minds and in our prayers in Jesus name we pray amen awesome so i really want to encourage you during the rest of this week let's continue to remember uh, the nation of Myanmar in our prayers as uh, they're going through this turmoil and that we'll understand that you know there are people of god in that nation and their that your prayers will make such a difference amen awesome so today we're starting into a new month and uh, or uh, into a new segment of messages rather and uh, most of you might anticipate that wow it's it's valentine's day and so happy valentine's for all of that i uh, hope you didn't forget something for your spouse or whatever you do in your home but we're not going to be talking about valentine's today next week we'll start a series concerning relationships talk about singlehood and after that on marriage but today after the fast after we've done uh, the amazing series on awesome god we are entering into a message on vision 
Today we'll, 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 we'll quote it or, or tag it as Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday. As we go into 2021, we're going to be speaking about Vision Sunday. Now, this is the question that we need to ask ourselves as a church and also as individuals, as families. What are you living for? What are you living for? What is it that you're spending all your time or investing your time and your talents and your resources into? And what is a worthy vision for your life or for your family? Most people at the beginning of the year, they've set up all their New Year's resolutions and they've got some kind of plan concerning the year. Most of the time, it is very much based on worldly ambitions and it is not very acquainted and connected with God's purposes in the earth, even for Christians. Even for people in the church, they believe, no, the pastor and his wife and their kids, they can have a, a, a specifically sort of like church-focused vision. But for us, you know, who don't work for the church, you know, the staff can do that. But for us who, who have normal jobs, quote-unquote normal jobs, we, we can just uh, go ahead and, and, and pursue money and, and possessions and, and marriage and all the natural things, right? And so it is important that we, we remind ourselves that the kingdom of God is central to our lives. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian, the life of Christ is central. The name of Jesus, the purposes of the kingdom of God, and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the bride of Christ, is central to your life. Even though we haven't been meeting these past couple of days, this has been quite a test to see whether people are Christ-centered in their lifestyles or whether it was only Sunday-centered, Sunday meeting-centered. And even though today many people are not able to come to a meeting, you're still able to build your life and fashion your life in such a way that Christ and his kingdom and his church is at the center of your family and your life. And today we're talking about vision. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. And so Proverbs here is saying that where there is no revelation, where there is no direction from God, where there is no vision that is connected with God's purposes, the people cast off restraint or the people lose their inhibitions or the people play. They just do whatever is done instead of having a clear vision that points them and guides them and directs them and everything that they do and their time and their talents and their resources. Without a prophetic vision, the people will waste their lives. This is amazing. And then it says, but blessed is he who keeps the law, meaning blessed is he who acts consistent with the revelation. Blessed is he who acts consistent with the vision. And there are many times where even as churches, we do many things which are at times very inconsistent with a common vision. But that should not be said of us. We should have as a people, as a church, especially for those of you who are covenant members of this family, who have been part of this church for a long time, you believe that this is your spiritual family. You should be well acquainted with the vision of this house and you should employ your heart and everything else in the fulfillment of 
this vision. Mark chapter 8 verse 36 says, What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world but to lose his very soul? And as a church, this is what we're involved with. I'm reminded last year, many of us had so many plans concerning our lives and vision for this, vision for my business, vision for my traveling, vision for this and that, my investments, all of that. And then COVID-19 came in and messed the whole thing up. And most of the time, we tend to invest our lives in, in things that are temporal, in things that will not have much of an impact in a generation from now. And the word of God says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his own soul, forfeits the plan of God for his life? What's the point of us doing many things as a church and not be involved and that we are not involved in what God has actually called us to do? Now, there are three things that I just want to touch on concerning the power of a single vision, the power of having a, a united, a single vision. As a house, this is what I'm calling us to today, that we will have a single vision, that if anybody asks us as a people, that we will have a common vision saying, this is what God is calling us to do, and this is what I'm involved in as part of my spiritual family. The power of a single vision, firstly, is that it gives you direction in a world of confusion. A common vision allows us to have a common language, allows us to all be moving in the same direction, with the same destination. Many times, even as a pastor, I have many people coming up to me and coming through the leaders with multitude of ideas of what we should be doing and exciting things that we could be doing. And most of the time, they're good things. But have you heard this, that the enemy of best is good? We could be involved with many good things, but not be going after God's best for us. And so it's very important that we would almost have to forsake all other things in order to pursue what God has laid out for us as a family. So direction instead of confusion. Secondly, uh, the power of a single vision is unity versus disunity. There are many times in a home, in a family, even in a marriage, that the problem in that marriage is not that uh, there's not enough love per se, but many times is that there is division. There is two visions. There is not a single vision, and where there is division, there will be disunity. And where there is disunity, there will be disorder, there will be confusion, there will be strife, there will be every evil work, according to James. But the word of God says where there is unity, God commands a blessing. Where there is unity, the blessing that God has ordained for families, for churches, for your life, for your marriage, for your, your own, your own life is tied up in unity. And there are many people who are contentious because they have this belief that if they are part of something, they lose their own identity. They lose their own agenda. And the word of God says, a man who seeks his own isolates himself and rails against all wise counsel. And so many people are rebellious at heart and they don't have any interest in doing something in a united place. 
Many families are falling apart because of that. But this is the power of a single vision, and this is the power that this year we will employ as we go together in a united vision. As we said, one, direction instead of confusion. Secondly, unity instead of disunity. I want to encourage you, if you want to build in this family, make sure that you are united with us in the vision that we have for this place. If you're coming with something that goes against that, please maybe go down to the other church down the road. We want people who are ready to be united in pursuit of what God has laid out for us. And then thirdly, the power of a single vision is momentum versus stagnation or staggering. You know, it's one thing to have a single vision. It's a total other thing to have a, a double mind. And the word of God says this about having a double mind. In the book of James, it says that a man who is double-minded, an organization that is double-minded, a church that is double-minded, a family that is double-minded, a marriage that is double-minded, is unstable in all its ways. And then it says this, don't let that man think he will receive anything from God. This is powerful. It shows the importance of having that single focus, that focus on what God has laid before you. Because the enemy's plan is to distract you, and every time we're distracted, we lose our momentum. We move three steps forward, and then we move four steps backwards. And then it's two steps forward, and then it's one step backward. And we keep going around the same mountain, the same way that Israel went around the same mountain. They lost their momentum, leaving Egypt with such a force, with such an acceleration all the way through the Red Sea, all the way through the desert, and then got stuck at the verge of the promised land and lost their momentum and staggered throughout the wilderness. And that sometimes is the reason why most people don't grow spiritually. They do a little bit of attending prayer. They do a little bit of connect. They do a little bit of discipleship. They do a little bit of growing in purity. They do a little bit of their giving, and then they stop. And then they do a little bit, and then they stop. And then they do a little bit, and then they stop. And I can tell you now that the reason why they stop is most of the time, a demonic force, a demon, demonic voice that is coming into their life, in, inspiring them to stop doing what God has called them to do. So with these three things, direction, unity, and momentum, we will be able to employ the power of a single vision. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13, the apostle Paul says this, he says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, how many things? One thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press on, forgetting what is behind me, 
not allowing myself to be distracted, not allowing myself to be pulled into many directions. But one thing I do, I go for what God has given me to do. And at the end of his life, he says, I've finished the course. I've I've, I've kept the face. I've done it. I've run the race. I've, I've done it. I've focused on it and I've done it. And now there's a prize waiting for us. And you know what? God has set, laid aside blessing and favor for us as a church that is tremendous. That is going to take us to a place where we will be a tremendous blessing, a shaking blessing in this nation of Namibia and in the nations of the world. This is God's prize and inheritance that's laid us out for us as a church. But if we are to accomplish it, we must be united in it. It cannot only be the past. It cannot only be the elders and their families. It cannot only be some of the connect leaders or all of the connect leaders. It cannot only be the connect. It needs to be all of us pulling in the same direction, going in the same direction with unity and with momentum. And there, there will be such a blessing that is invoked through that kind of unity that the word of God says it's an anointing that begins to take place. And that anointing breaks yokes. That anointing opens opens doors, that anointing causes salvations and healings and miracles and breakthroughs and all the things that God has laid out for us. Hallelujah. And this is what we want to tap into this year. If there's one thing that you can do this year is have a single vision on God's purpose for you. Now you might ask, okay, okay, pastor, I understand the importance of a single vision. What is this vision? What is this vision that every nation has, every nation Vintuk has for us as a family? And you might have seen it before, but most of the time, it's different seeing something compared to living it out. And this is what we are admonishing you, encouraging you towards. Live this vision out. This is our vision. This is what we see for Ventuk and for Namibia. This is what we see with our hearts, with the eyes of faith, like, like Abraham that was taken out by God and said, look up, look at the stars. What do you see? What do you see? And, and he got that revelation about his offspring being the multitude of the stars and the multitude of the sand on the, on, on the, on the seashore in the same way. As we begin to see this vision, this prophetic vision, we will begin to invoke the grace and the, the miraculous supernatural power to fulfill it. This is the vision. This is what we see. We see a transformed society that advances the kingdom of God through discipleship in the word, in the presence, and in the power of God. Amen. Let's say this together. We see a transformed society that advances the kingdom of God through discipleship, through training in the word, in the presence, and in the power of God. We see a transformed Namibia. We see a transformed Ventuk. We see transformed communities. We see transformed families. You know, the news every day brings out to us the, the terrible state in which our nation is in. And many times all that we are left with is a complaint, a murmur. We, we shake our heads. But God has called us as a church to be the light and the salt in our cities and in our nations. Not to curse 
bless the nation, but to be a blessing in that nation, to begin to bring the transformation that he desires to bring through the blood of Christ that was already shed, through the Holy Spirit that was poured out, through the anointing and the name of Jesus that was given to us. We are to bring transformation in our society until the kingdom of God, the will of God, the purposes of God are advanced in our communities, in our hospitals, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our families, that no longer will we hear that this and that is going down. If there are believers involved, if there are people from every nation, Ventuk, every nation, Dorado, if they are involved in that school, in that hospital, in that place of politics, in that business, that transformation must, must, must be seen. Because that is God's call for us. And how will it happen? Because we make disciples. Jesus said in Matthew 28 verse 18 through to 20, he said, all authority was given to him. Therefore, go make disciples, teach all nations, teach them to obey me, teach me to obey everything that I've taught you, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy. I am with you. Go, 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 go. Do it. You have my permission. You have my power. You have my support. And this is who God is calling us to be, every nation. This is who God is calling us to be. And this is what we as a congregation are believing God for this year. We believe in God, one, for salvations, baptisms, and new connect groups. That means we are trusting God that we won't have people from other churches wanting to join us as much as we have people who are completely lost and unchurched coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that transforms their hearts and begins to transform their lives and leads them to a place where they are baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then they become part of the connect groups where they are growing in their foundations, where they are maturing as believers. And then they are sent out again to reach others who are lost, who, who also come into salvation, are baptized, and then our disciple. This is what we're believing God for. Amongst many things that God is going to do, he's going to heal the sick, transform lives, people are going to get married, and many breakthroughs that they're trusting God for, business breakthroughs, whatever. If we miss the salvations, the baptisms, and the discipleship, we are missing the vision that God has given us. The second thing that we're trusting God for is the raising of leaders. This year, we're trusting that God through us is not only going to bring people to a place of maturity and discipleship, but that many leaders will be raised. What is a leader? A leader is someone who has influence to make a difference for the sake of God's kingdom in a way that has a servant heart. And so we believe that many leaders will be raised. We're going to inform their mind and train them. And then we're going to disciple their hearts and send them out so that many new leaders, people who, who thought they were not leaders, will be raised up. And they will rise up not only in the church, but also in their various areas in our communities and our societies. Because if the, if the godly people don't raise up as, don't rise up as leaders, we will be led by ungodly people and we have, we will have nothing to complain about. You should ask yourself, I'm a godly person. Am I a godly person? If I am, I should lead. And God is calling us to be an influence. If someone says to you, in the world of darkness, you are the light, 
automatically you are a leader. People will flock to you. People will follow your example. People will follow what you do. If you are the light of the world, which you are. And this is what Jesus called us to be. And so now, the next thing that we're trusting the Lord for is church plants. We're trusting the Lord for church plants in this city. We're trusting the Lord for church plants in Vintage East. We're trusting the Lord for church plants in uh, Ochimuise, in Ochivarongo, in Ongwediva. We're trusting the Lord that those church plants will go and many more are coming. But this year we're trusting in a significant way that those church plants will be established. And then also we're trusting God, number four, for a strengthening of the, of the churches that are already established. So we're trusting God, obviously, for, for the, the Ventuk churches that are already established, but the new churches that are starting in Swakopmund and Okaanya and Zambia, that those churches will become mighty forces of the kingdom of God. We're trusting that this year that will certainly take place. And then last but not least, we're trusting God for our church building and we're trusting that we'll have such a progress, such a momentum that we'll be able to move up. And so we're trusting God financially. We're trusting God for increase every favor, breakthrough in the area of our church building. And that has already started. Exciting things for this year as we fulfill the vision that God has called us to fulfill. This is so awesome. You know, I think the glory of a man's life is in, is in the, 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 the fulfillment of the destiny that God has called for him. And many times we live way below, way below <laughs> what God has called us to do. And he's not calling us to do this in our own strength. Some of you might be thinking, wow, how are we going to do that? Wow, wow. And it's almost like when, when, when the angel came to, to, to Abraham and Sarah and said, this time next year, your wife will be pregnant. Your old wife that has passed uh, the time of life, so to speak, will be pregnant. And she laughed in the background saying, will I have pleasure at this age? And many of us have this kind of skepticism, but I'm here to tell you we serve an awesome God as we've heard for the past couple of months or couple of weeks. So let's put it to work. Let's apply this revelation. If we serve an awesome God, certainly awesome things are coming to pass this year. And so this is the, the question, the practical question that, that we want to put to each one of you, each one of us. What is my part to play? What should I do in order to see this wonderful vision fulfilled? It starts, the, you know, a large building is not composed of large parts. It's composed of small individual parts. And the word of God says that we are being built into a, a, a house made of living stones. So every part of the body also plays its part. Some larger roles, some lesser roles. But no, no part of the body is to be despised. It all is designed very deliberately within its function. So the first thing that I'd like to encourage each one of us to do that you must do. If you're part of this family, you must. Otherwise, you might as well join a family where you can be involved completely. First of all, be a faithful disciple. We are a church of disciples. Be a faithful disciple. What does that mean? That means become part of our connect groups. If you're not in a connect group, become part of one. 
join a connect group. If, if you don't know what it is and all, there will be information on the screen to tell us right now where you can send your numbers, where people contact you and help you to be in a connect group. That's where we grow. That's where we reach the loss. That's where sort of the cell, the small part of the body in its most microscopic form is. So let's be faithful this year. There are many of you, you've been reluctant. You thought, oh, well, it's something that is an option. It's not an option. If you're part of our church, join a connect group. Be part of the connect group. And then number two, make disciples faithfully. So don't just be uh, what they call a damn Christian, you know, and I'll explain this. I'm not using strong language. Damn Christians are Christians that only have flow coming into them. And obviously now with the rain, it's a wonderful illustration, you know. The flow needs to come through, but it shouldn't be dammed up. And kept up because all the life then begins to become stale and begins to, to rot and smell bad. And that, those kind of Christians complain a lot. They like to point fingers. They like to tell the pastors what to do, but they don't do anything themselves. And so, uh, they, they are a problem. Don't become a damn Christian. Be a river Christian. <laughs> and the word of God said, Jesus said, rivers of living water will flow from within you. So you can even ask people in, in your, in your house or in your connect, are you a damn Christian or are you a river Christian? I want to encourage you, make disciples by not being inward focused only, oh, me and my needs and, and what I need and all, but also being focused on others. Because many times that's where your depression breaks, when you realize that there's someone who's doing worse than you and they're able to be fulfilled and happy. So let's be river Christians. Let's make disciples faithfully. There's many courses throughout this year on how to make disciples. The first way is to join a connect and observe because the connect leader is a disciple maker and they will then model that and you learn it and you do it as well. Number three of what each one of us must do is serve faithfully. Serve faithfully in the house of God, in the family of God. Choose a ministry, whatever God is placing on your heart, whether it's children's ministry, whether it's media ministry, whether it's music ministry, whether it's ushering, whether it's uh, parking outside, whatever it is, there is a place for you to serve. If you're not serving in the house of God, there is pride in your heart and you need to repent. In fact, promotion in the kingdom of God comes through serving. You are not going to grow. You're not going to move ahead if you do not serve. Jesus said, you who wants to be the greatest must become the servant. And many of us don't have a sense of spiritual family, always saying, no, I feel so alone, isolated. I don't feel like there's spiritual family in this family. Most of the time is because they're not serving, because in a place of serving, you'll spend a lot of deeper time. In a place of connect, you'll spend a lot of deeper time with people who are spiritual family when you're in trouble, when you're in a hospital. Those are the people that will go out to you. Those are the people that will hold you up. Those are your, your close siblings in the body of Christ. So find a place to serve. We've got we've just had volunteers uh, training this past weekend. People signing up in the day in the day of the Lord. They will volunteer, is what the Word of God says. And so I want to encourage all of us. And then. Be a prayerful disciple. Pray. 
Be a prayerful person. You know, this, this vision is not fulfilled by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of God. And it comes through prayer. Prayer is the, is the, is the hand that moves, that moves the heart of God, that moves the purposes of God. If there's a man to pray, there's a God to move. And we must be people who pray. Pray at home. Pray on your own. But also join corporate prayer sessions. Please, this is not something that you should neglect at all. If you're afraid of COVID, fine. But find a way. Be part of the prayer meetings. Be one of those people that are there, not just when the worship team is on because you like being entertained, but be there when it's time to pray so that you can apply your faith in seeing the things of God come to pass. Have a prayer, uh, have a prayer list where you're praying for the lost, praying for those friends who don't know Christ. Pray, pray, pray. The next thing is give faithfully. Even as we, as we, uh, are a disciple, as we're part of a connect, as we make disciples, as we serve, as we pray, let's also give financially, faithfully. The word of God says that no man can serve two masters. How you spend your money is a telling sign of whether your affections are in the house of God or not. And where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Sometimes you're not in a place where you're even invested in the kingdom or invested in the things of the house of God. But once you begin to give, all of a sudden your concerns go there. You start being prayerful. You start being more faithful because you're invested your substance. And the word of God says, honor the Lord with your substance and he will bless you. Your barns, your wine, all of that will be blessed. There is a blessing tide that doesn't come to those who do not give. And I want to encourage each one of us that we will be faithful in our tithes, that will be faithful in our offerings, that will be faithful in our generosity because God is making grace to uh, available to you to be a generous person. But if you don't exercise the generosity, you'll never experience that level of favor, grace, that level of favor upon your life. And you might not even get to the point of self-sufficiency, let alone that your good works that God had laid up before the foundations of the world are not going to be fulfilled if you are not a giver. And this is the question. Are you a giver or are you a taker? Because you can't be both. God is a giver. And those who are givers are like God. They're generous in their heart. I want to encourage each one of us this year. And you might say, no, but uh, it's COVID-19 and uh, I, I financially and all of that, I know all of that and I'm in the same situation and the word of God still says the same thing. That Bible is not going to change with the economy. And I want to encourage us, let's be faithful in that way. And then lastly, go faithfully. Go faithfully. In order for us to fulfill God's purpose, to see a transformed society advancing the kingdom of God, we cannot stay where we are. We must go where God is sending us. Some of us will go to other cities. Some of us will go to other suburbs. Some of us will go to the hospital. Some of us will go to the police, uh, to the prisons. Some of us will go to the orphanages. Some of us will go overseas, but we must go. The gospel is a gospel of going. Even from the time of Abraham, he said, leave your father's house and what you know, and go to a place that I will show you. Our whole, we are all pilgrims. We are even on a process of going to heaven. <laughs> if you are not a goer, you're, you're, you're a remainer. And if you're remaining, you're not going to enjoy what God has laid up before you. 
And so these are the practical things. Please, let's check one another. Let's encourage one another in these things. Be a disciple faithfully. Join a connect. Make disciples faithfully. Serve faithfully. Pray faithfully. Give faithfully. And let us go faithfully. I want to touch one more time on our vision. It's we see a transformed society. That We see it. We see it. Before it's even coming to pass, we are seeing it in our hearts and in our spirits. And it will advance the kingdom of God in our nation and in the nations of the world, in our workplaces, in our families, through discipleship in the word, in the presence, and in the power of God. I want to pray for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. Your word says, commit your plans to the Lord and he will order your steps. And Father, we we put all of these plans and this vision, we believe it comes from you, Lord. I pray for a galvanizing, a unifying effect, anointing grace today, Lord. For every person that hears it, that they will be like rallied as a rallying cry to join, to join this vision, to be a partner in this vision, to employ all of their time, all of their resources, all of their, all of the, themselves first in their hearts to this vision, and then everything else. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we are not ashamed that your church is the, the vehicle for transformation in the world. It is the vehicle. It's the pillar of truth. It is the, 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 the door and the gate of heaven where through the preaching of the gospel comes, which brings salvation to every person. Father, I pray right now where our hearts have been hardened in the past, I pray that our hearts will be softened, that will be led by this vision, that will not be like the mule or, or the stubborn people who are saying, no, I've got my own plan, but that we will be gentle and that we'll be like sheep led by the good shepherd, Father, to fulfill this vision. I thank you, Lord, that you don't need many, but those who are here must be committed. And Father, I pray for that grace and commitment for each one of us in this practical steps that we went through, that will be disciples, that will make disciples, that will serve, that will go, that will give, that will be generous, whatever it is, Lord, that you are leading us to do. I pray your blessing over your people, Lord. I pray a special blessing for everyone that is aligning themselves to this vision. I pray for a special, specific blessing, Lord, that there will be proofs and evidences of the favor of God that is coming as unity is flowing through this. And I pray that over your people in the almighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you, please, this is a message that you might want to hear throughout the year a couple of times just to continue centering yourself to our north and remember that this is what we are called to do and what we are here to do. May you have a wonderful, wonderful day and may you continue in the word of the Lord, in the spirit of God and in the name of Jesus throughout this week. Have a blessed time. And we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.